Hello! We are the Brothers Geek, and this is our podcast. Um, my name is Patrick Schmaltz with my two brothers, uh, Christopher Schmaltz. Hello, Christopher. Hello. And my other brother, Andrew. Hello, Andrew. Hello. Good evening. Good evening. We are brothers. We are geeks. We talk about geeky things. Uh, this is episode number 181. Okay, we're doing another double. You know, we don't really plan this because life got in the way last time. I think life got in the way last the, the time before this. But we're doing a double episode talking about uh, House of the Dragon. We're talking about episode 8 and episode 9. And these episodes kind of like are definitely a single episode. Or as, uh, like a double episode. It's, you know, uh, to be continued. Um, because uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot going on. And... We get we get the final jump forward at least at least for this season at, at least that's what they're saying on episode eight. Uh, so spoilers for episode eight and nine. I should say that before we continue, just in case anybody watches this is curious. We are spoiling eight and nine of season one. Um, final jump forward, and I found online that actually says. Um, 21 years we the we this the show has spanned 21 years and like like Viserys obviously Viserys obviously like looks like he's aged and we've had some actors changes but like Matt Smith is is Matt Smith immortal like is is like he (laughs) we shouldn't say Viserys has obviously aged the guy is a walking corpse seriously yeah like how how I mean, he's he's king for what they say is twenty six years. Um, I saw it's like he's in his fifties. He's in his fifties, which which for like middle ages is pretty old. Uh, you know, so you know that's a good long life. You've had you've had a, a decent long life if you're fifty and he has an illness. He's not. That's not old age, dude. He is right. rotting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He is being killed slowly yeah, by leprosy. So there's no commentary on age. Sure, sure. No, I, I, well, I'm, I'm making commentary on age. Is like he's lived, like he, he ruled for 26 years. I feel like in Westeros, that's a good long time. How long did like uh, Robert Baratheon rule for? Uh, like, uh, 17, 18 years. That's pretty good too. I, you know, that's yeah. I, I, not bad. Um, yeah. So, so we got to start with. Um, to go to your point, though, yeah, no, the final, final time jump has happened after the bottle episode of episode seven, where everybody comes together for the funeral of Lena Val- uh, Valerian. We now jump ahead six years, mm-hmm. and the, the. The starting kind of like event is Corliss Valerion has been fighting a new war in the Step Zones by himself. He doesn't have Damon with him. Yeah, we don't really see that. It's just sort of in in comment. Yeah. I I honestly I I wish we would have seen that because he's one of my favorite characters, and and they sort of just like gloss over it. And I know there that's not the point of the episode, and. Uh, this is sort of this is sort of coming to my one criticism of the show is sometimes they move a little too fast. I know that they're trying to get to a point, you know, but I would have loved to see who he's fighting in the step zones, what's going on, like him getting injured, him coming home. Like I I, I know they're trying to get to. There's other stuff that happens in this episode that's really cool, but it's sort of hey. like. 
Yeah. I haven't had an issue with how fast the timeline has progressed over the season. It hasn't bothered me. Hmm. Um, I, I've enjoyed the how they've appropriately aged the actors who are playing young Allison, young young uh, Rhaenyra, and now into the adults, and also their children and how they've aged them up. It hasn't been jarring for me, and I haven't had an issue with that. And I didn't have an issue with Corliss and his injury, mm, you know, mm-hmm. happening happening off screen. That was, I mean, that's that's just an event that leads to the bigger drama, which is Corliss's brother Vaymond is now. Vaymond is, he doesn't care. He's going to contest the true the lineage of who Corliss wanted to inherit Driftmark. They're in his mind. They're bastards. They're they're those children of Harless Strong. Of of Harless Strong, they should not inherit. So not so they have no Valerian blood. Right. No. Like he, this guy's sort of painted as the villain because we're sort of like we're 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 sort of like team team Rhaenyra, you know. And but like the dude is not wrong. <laughs> like like he's, he's com- not wrong. He's completely. Well, yeah, in the terms of tradition, uh, traditions of Westeros, he is absolutely in the right. Yeah, but... he is absolutely in the right. He is not. He's not uh, making shit up. He's full on. Yeah, he he has every right to claim this. Um, uh, so that's like the big crutch of the episode. But there's a, a few little touches of things that lead to like hints of stuff. I mean, we've sort of seen the the. The depravity of uh, Aegon, and when he's young, he's like masturbating in the window, and he gets caught by his mother. And then in this episode, they they gloss over it because there's so much other stuff that's happening. But he he rapes one of his handmaidens, and then they the mother gives gives her like poison so she dies. Like sort of just like okay, yeah. She, she was not that was clarified because it was a little ambiguous. She wasn't given poison. She was given the same tea. That Rhaenyra was given. It's oh, you you know well. I mean, to prevent pregnancy. For yeah, to take care of the pregnancy. It's like Plan B. They she they Plan B T. Do you, like that's confirmed by the show runners because because like it really seems like they killed her. <laughs> okay, okay. Allison is not a murderer yet. Oh, she's not a murderer. Okay. At oh, that point. Yeah, well, there there is sort of like this moral hierarchy. There's an art art uh, nod to in this episode. Uh, we start to see a lot more symbols of the seven, the star around her neck. We see it in the windows. We see we see a lot more discussion about uh, the maiden and the crone. You know, you know, they're just like they're before up until now they haven't really said this. I, it seems like the Targaryens are not not very re- religious uh, uh, family, and then and then now Alicent being sort of in charge as Viserys slowly rots. Uh, she's sort of shifted into this moral high ground um, stance, um, and you start to see touches of that. Um, yeah, she, it's guilt. She, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's guilt and, it, and it's whatever. Yeah, some measure of comfort and control. That's all that is, right? 
Well, and it's and it's an established power structure in Westeros that she understands. Mm-hmm, she embraces mm-hmm. the faith of the Seven because the High Towers are very closely aligned with the faith of the Seven and their power structure. And the High Septon, he has, you know, the right now the 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 faith of the Seven is based in Old Town. Mm-hmm. It's the oldest, you know, it's obviously the oldest religion in well besides the faith of the first men and the children of the forest and the old gods. Um, the old gods are just the trees, right? Is there other gods that are old gods? No, it's, when you think of the old gods, you think of like, think of like spirits of the forest. Think of like, mm. you know, fair, fairies and sprites and leprechauns, like actual, actual creatures that existed in West ah. of old, uh, but have like magical abilities. That's kind of like the old gods. They, they are actually like, you know, they're manifestations of nature. What is what is the trees then? Are they part of that? Yeah, they're part of that. But it's the that's the it's like it's like the shrine to the old gods. Uh, the, the, yeah, the, because the trees aren't really like the god, right? They're just sort of like uh like the red yeah. trees are Yeah, the first men actually carved the faces into the tree. Right, right, right. So right. it's not like they grew that way, but they, they so they that's but so the faith of the seven is comes from the Andals when they invaded Westeros like thousands of years before, and now it's the dominant faith. And uh, Alicent has embraced it on multiple levels. But Chris is absolutely right; it's guilt. It's mm-hmm, she. Mm-hmm. She has always defined herself by her, you know, by the duty that she does, by you know, adhering to the traditions of Westeros and her moments of violent kind of. Uh, rebellion or violent, you know, accusation of Rhaenyra and, and, you know, injuring her, she has now kind of embraced that moral, you know, that, that, that clearly defined moral idea of the seven. Um, and it's all out of guilt, you know, mm-hmm, she, mm-hmm. so, but yeah, you're right. So strong. Say that again. She caused the assassination of the strong yeah oh yeah well i don't know i sort of like blending together i think it doesn't happen until the ninth episode but we sort of see the relationship between her and the what's that guy's name the strong guy the clubfoot guy's first name that's what he goes by. They, they call him the clubfoot his laris laris we see the weird relationship that that has turned into i think it's nine with the feet the feet masturbating what the fuck is that (laughs) ultimate leverage over her so he has to do whatever it is that he wants so that's oh man that's screwed up she'll take the power where she because she even though she's the queen she definitely exists in this very in a bubble of she didn't know anything. I mean, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but we can talk about it all. Yeah, time. we're we're going to talk about both episodes. We don't have to, you know, go in order. Yeah. So the by the end of episode eight, uh, the king has died, and mm-hmm. they're sitting there at the council meeting to tell the the small council that yeah. everyone has died. You can't gloss over the the deathbed moment. I mean, that oh yeah, we'll, we'll go back to that. We'll go back I, to that. Just illustrating that Alicent is in this bubble. She's the queen. She's. Yeah supposed to be like the most powerful person in the room but she did not know about anything of this plot to place her son on the throne until her husband has died there are other members of the small council who have been plotting all along to put Aegon on the throne and she is now committed to this she's always been committed to it she's always felt that it was Aegon's right and 
the king on his deathbed in a stupor brought on by extreme pain, exhaustion, and probably, you know, drug-induced milk of the poppy, he starts to talk to her like she's Rhaenyra, and Alicent takes that as he actually wants his firstborn son on the throne. Well, he's talking he's talking about the Aegon prophecy thing yeah. to cuz yeah. and he thinks he's talking to Rhaenyra about it. It's like we you got to you got to make sure that you know this keeps happening and he doesn't know what the hell's going on and it leads but, but to crazy. it leads to some confusion but it also leads to what Alicent was pushing towards it just gives her, it just pushes her over the edge really like it ma- it's the ter- it might be the term confirmation bias she oh 100 percent 100 yeah she heard she heard what she wanted to hear yes on his deathbed yeah you you ask the question is all that in the book or is that is that a show made up detail from the show well, the Song of Ice and Fire, Aegon's prophecy, doesn't exist in the well, book. Well, well, him changing his mind at the end. No. No. Okay. Or, exist in the t- or, or like there, what, what they perceive as changing his mind. You guys still there? No. Yeah, yeah. no, it doesn't, doesn't exist in the text. Okay. So, well, so yeah. 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 I, I would like, I, I, before we get too far ahead... I I would like to say one of the most amazing scenes in this this show is like they're arguing the hand of the king is standing he's standing in front of the iron throne because the king can't be there and the whole argument between who's going to take over for uh Driftmark and then Viserys actually walks in exhausted falling apart and he settles it and then Matt Smith smokes uh damon smokes vaymond like uh like literally like to cut that cleanly through a skull is like man that knife has got that that's a sharp sword but uh yeah so so that's one of the greatest scenes and then there's a see the scene of them having dinner all together and him like he almost does it too He's like trying to convince his family to like come back together. Keep, we're family. Sit down and eat. Let's talk about this. They all sort of hate each other. The two mothers poisoning their children's ears and hating each other. And then there's this moment when things are working and the king gets taken away where the little kid laughs about the pig being set in front of uh, Amund and... And it, this 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 throwback to them dressing up a pig to give to him as his as his dragon, and he's chuckling to himself as this this charming memory, and like Aemond is like, like he's such a prideful little shit, like those two kids are like screwed up. We we've definitely like Aegon and a- Aemond. Are, are are screwed up and like Helena is like a basket case so it's like what where is she at so um we're definitely like painting the oh go ahead sorry I want to I want to focus on because you, you bring up two very important moments in terms of plot mm. but also two extremely important moments in terms of the how it's really this is all just a story about family yeah their, their love for each other or lack thereof because when Viserys crosses the throne room 
and you, he's laboring and laboring and laboring to get there, and he's in immense pain. He has a moment where his crown slips off his head and hits the ground. Yeah. And you have this wonderful character moment that further supports the idea that Damon, for all, you know, he loves his brother. He helps his brother onto the Iron Throne, and he puts the crown back on his brother's head. Yeah. Like, from the beginning, we know, if we know anything about Damon, we know he loves his brother, and he always wanted to support his brother. And he does it in that moment on the last day. It turns out he's going to be king. And I, I, I love that moment for... It's 100%. What's that? I said 100%. That's... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then and then later on, at the dinner scene, where the whole family's together, and Viserys makes his plea, and for... You're absolutely right. For some brief, shining moments... Yeah. You see it happening. You see... It, yeah. put it... People almost kind of put their things away. They yeah. Almost do it. The kids kind of like relax and the dance, you know. The, yeah. Jacaris is uh, dancing with Helena. He's trying to like rub Aegon's face in it, but at the same time, you know. They're having fun and they're together. laughing and they're family and it's okay. It's going to be okay, you know. Yeah. And uh, and then even, even, even before this like scene sums up, like. He says, oh, I should take my kids home. Uh, Rhaenyra says, I should take my kids home. But I should, I'm should. i going to come back on Dragonback. And Allison says, good. Almost, it's almost, it almost yes. comes together. Yes. She, she wants to come back to be with her father before he dies. Because, like, she knows it's not going to be long. <laughs> you know? You know? So, um... Chris, did you get those kind of... Did you have that same reaction of, like... They're almost, it almost happened. They're almost, like, put it to bed for that dinner scene. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's really effective sort of storytelling because it, both things reinforce the frailty of the humanity of all these people because they're, they're, um, clinging to and searching for that connection and they want that. We all want that. So it speaks to all of that, even in the face of all of the animosity and the bitterness and everything else. Um, they are hungry for sort of that. Let's just let's just abandon all of this sort of bitterness. And there mm -hmm. again, that's a sign of sort of that core humanity that's in in them. Not necessarily a weakness, but a core the core humanity. But it also is a great scene because it's it juxtaposes the other aspect of human beings which is they are so weak and so like um, people if you're not sort of comfortable in yourself and you're not comfortable in your place in the world and you're not comfortable with um, sort of your own self-image um, even the smallest of slights, you, yes. will cling to, you will cling to those things. He just chuckles. He just chuckles at a pig being set in front of him, and that's enough. That's enough. It's a spiral, and it's a really nice commentary on how the biggest things can be blown up out of like just really, really dumb stuff. Really. I, I well, I feel like this. The dude, the dude just doesn't remember that. He's riding one of the most powerful, biggest dragons in the world. 
mm-hmm. and he's got his shit together. Like he is, he is the child on that side of the family who like isn't a complete sociopath. Well, um, and, and then and and then, and then we and, see a touch of that in episode nine of him like talking to Sir Chris and Cole in the street about Aegon's gonna be king, and I'm the second son, and he's I, he's I, a I fuck up. He's the one. He's yeah. a, he knows his brother's a piece of shit, right. and he's going to be king, and I'm not. So it's sort of like that. It's fascinating. Um, it is. It's uh, a great. It's a. It, it's all of these. It's just an insight into storytelling where, like you said it before, this is a, just a story about a family. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the the problem is, is they have dragons. Um, yeah. And uh, destiny. And all of this entitlement. Well, Rhaenyra as kind of... And what I've really liked about Rhaenyra in Episode 8 is how... And leading, and we don't see her in Episode 9, but in Episode 8, Rhaenyra is so vulnerable with her father. She goes to her father early in the episode yeah. and pleads with him, you know, you, know, you name me as your heir. I was a child. It's so you know you burdened me with this with this responsibility, and now your death is imminent. I'm being challenged. I've done what you kind of told me to do. I've tried to, you know, cement myself at, in a powerful position to inherit, and it's still being challenged. You know, you please come and defend me, hmm. and he eventually does. But she's yeah. so vulnerable and. Because it's this, it's this very human thing to, she has, she's literally been given the weight of the world on her shoulders. You know, a song of ice and fire, if it's true, she is part of something that is supposed to save the world. Mm-hmm. And now it's her responsibility to make sure that that happens. And she's so, she's just, uh, yeah. Um, Emma D'Arcy and how they play that moment, it's just, it's it's wonderful. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, for all the wonderful moments that exist in episode eight. That moment kind of gets overshadowed. She's standing there, and it's pouring rain. You know, in the background, she's in her father's chambers. It's late at night. She, you know, he's gonna die. You know, she hasn't seen him in years, and she has this moment where it's like, I need your help. Like, I have. She's. We've seen her all. We've seen her moments upon moments of being strong and clever and kind of taking, you know, doing what she wants to do and like being a full version of herself. Uh, and then this moment where she's on her father's bed and she's just like, "Please help me," and he does. Right. It's such a staggering moment of vulnerability. I, I the humanity that exists in that moment is is great. Well, that's that's like good acting and good writing. This is this is yeah. we're able we're, we're able to talk about this these kind of nuanced characters and interesting dialogue and subtle little nods to things because the writing's really good, the acting's really good, the directing's really good. The the like this 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 is like peak television right here, and it's and it's got so much money behind it, and they're not just like flaunting it, um, and and. It, these two episodes really paint the picture of like what we we, we definitely get the, the more perspective of especially in episode nine 
Allison's view, the Hightower's view of what what's going to happen. Um, and like Rhaenyra and Damon are not even in episode nine at all. Um, so, so shifting into that, um, you, the King dies. He says, he says his, 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 his late wife's name right before he dies. Um, and, and he definitely never, never stopped loving. Right. He, He never stopped loving her. Interesting. You know, um, and you know, Allison isn't a terrible person and I feel like she kind of loved him too. She's very like beat up about it, but her and Otto both shift into, uh, how, how do we cover, how do we cover our asses mode? You know, he's, he goes towards like they, well, they both send out their crews to find the, the king out in the streets, wherever he is. Um, so that's like that's like your your main plot is sort of like these two guys who's going to get to him first. But then there is this other thing where he's making the court lords, uh, you know, bend the knee, saying Aegon's going to be king, not not uh, Rhaenyra. So like, who's who's going to stand up for this? And the guys who say we're we're not going to we're not I'm not an oathbreaker. Those dudes are dead. Like, like you basically, you say, no, I'm not going to bend to the knee just because you're telling me. So I already like swore my oath like that, that, that those guys are smoked, but it's sort of, Otto, we, we see it from the jump. Otto has always planned this. He was, yes. I mean, very, but he's like, Aegon's the king. And if you don't agree with us, we're putting him on the throne and you're dead. Right. Like Mira cannot be queen. It's not even a question for him. Like this has always been his plan, mm-hmm. and Alicent has her own point of view about it because of the how she interprets Viserys and what he uh, what he says upon his deathbed. But this has always been Otto Hightower's endgame. What so is the it from years. what is, What is Otto wanting to get to Aegon first? What, like that's the only thing that's really not clear to me is like what is or he like, going to do? Your influence. Oh, okay. like the, the, he doesn't have like he, anything malicious that he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Aegon is an idiot. Okay, Aegon is an idiot and weak and weak-minded, and so whoever has the influence over him is effectively the ruler. Mm-hmm. And Otto, Otto understands that, and Alicent also understands that. It dawns on her that this is exactly what's happening, um, and so that's. That's it. It's pure power, man. If you have the ear of the person who is so weak and dumb, um, then they will do all the things and they will follow your instructions, at, even though you're the king. So, because you don't know any better. I I, I love I I keep thinking of uh, the quote by uh, um, I'm blanking on his name. He was the eunuch. He it was bald guy in Game of Thrones. Uh, Ferris, that that th- he says to Jon Snow, he says, uh, "A Targaryen is born, and the gods flip a coin." And I think about that a lot through this show. It's just like, like they are like like Aegon is uh, is he going to be crazy and just want to murder? Him? Is he Joffrey? You know, because he could. Because like, think about being like Maid King. And you're crazy, and you're a piece of shit, and you're okay watching kids f- fight each other in a pit. 
Um, and you have a nuclear weapon. Like that. Like you're you're you could do whatever you want, and you're king. And Dude, I mean, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but you see it in the in that moment in the dragon pit. Like mm-hmm. he does not want anything with being king, but yes. the moment he gets some adoration from that crowd, yes, he, he embraces that. He's like, they love me. See like, it in his eyes. He's like, he's gonna be a murderous psychopath. Yes. He's like, he's like, he, I mean, and he might, it might, it might, it might lead him into a situation where, I mean, yes, he indulges his worst impulses. He has bastards. No he. He's not going to have any constraints. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The only constraint that he might have, the only constraint that he might have, is wanting to win the love of the crowd. So, whether or not that turns into he tries to hide, he still indulges his worst uh, appetites, but tries to hide them because, you know, whether or not he kind of realizes that, you know what, I got to, I. I do all these terrible things. I don't want to disgust people. Well, he knows, hide it. He knows that that's totally doable because all the stuff yeah. that he's been doing is like a certain sort of set of people know about it, but it's not like the crowd um, yeah. thinks he's bad uh, because some of them might know. He knows that it's not going to. Yeah. It's definitely, definitely like the. So bad for him. The uh, the Homelander effect. I know you haven't watched The Boys, Andrew, but like the guy with ultimate power, who like the only thing he really desires is the adoration of pe- to be loved by the crowd. You know that's his only limitation from stopping him just openly murdering people is is like being being king and being loved and. But by the end of the season, doesn't Homelander just openly murder people and people love him anyway? Uh, I mean, spoilers, spoiler alert for season three of uh, The Boys, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's sort of what, that's the end of the season. But um, it, it's... Yeah. Uh, oh, we need to, before we kind of like get to the end of episode nine, we got to talk about Rainus and the fact that she is in the Red Keep and Alice oh, is yeah. keeping her prisoner... And that storyline is fascinating. Like she was there just to visit, right? Um, she was there as part. She was there as part of the the battle to contest the Right, right. Everybody is left. Yeah, She's still there. Yeah. And Allison approaches. They lock her up. Saying they lock her up first. Yeah, yeah. No, they lock her up, and she's locked up in like not knowing what the hell's going on for most of the day, so she can't get out and do anything, run away or whatever. They can't just kill her. She's a freaking Targaryen, and then, and then the whole, that conversation. Another great dude. This this show was like made up of great scenes, and that conversation between them is like fascinating because it's like she's not like just saying join me, Luke. You know, together we'll you know rule the world. It's sort of just like like you should have been queen. I'm doing my best here. Like. You know, you're sort of like flip floppy, and you're not like like Team Rhaenyra. So like, you might as well join me because I'm right. You know, like this is this is not like just stay here. But like, she just didn't like being locked up, and she almost I like spoiler alert for the end of the episode. Jumping ahead, she almost smokes them 
you know, she's standing there with a dragon and could just obliterate the whole thing and and stop all this and chooses not to. So, um, there's, uh, it, there's some fascinating things going on and I, I like, I don't know, I don't know necessarily that she's like team Rhaenyra yet, well, but that's the, that's the most interesting part about Rhaenys is yeah. she has that inherent bitterness of she would have, she has the confidence in herself that she would have been a better ruler than Viserys. Mm-hmm. She was passed over. She feels that she had a he had a she had a stronger claim than him. She would have been better at the job than him, but she was passed over because of the patriarchy. Yeah. And Alice, she, Rhaenys sees Alicent. She says it to her directly. He's like, "You only exist to prop up the men around you. Like you." Mm-hmm are a tool of the patriarchy and you don't even realize it like you know you're, you're allison is or uh allison uh, is she hmm. says to her directly it's like all you want is a window in your prison like you don't want to break free of anything right so yeah. she lose she has no respect for allison that way it's a great insight because she 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 knows more allison is thinking like she's doing all of these things but in that scene where she realizes that all this plotting has been going on around her, um, she really doesn't know what the hell is going on. She, uh, you know, she has been manipulated by her father. Mm-hmm. And the lords were preparing to yeah. overthrow uh, Rhaenyra, do this anyways. Like, right. Right. Like, like they were they were getting ready, like, by the they, they uh, Lannister. This, uh, this convenient misunderstanding, deathbed misunderstanding. They just that is the cake. That is the cake. Uh, the frosting on the cake of their conspiracy. Of their yeah. conspiracy. Well, and then and then we're skipping the great scene where the the Green Council is talking, and that the episode title, where they're sitting a- around, talking about what to do, and then that dude. Uh, doesn't you know one, that one guy Lord, who's, yeah, what, Lord, what's his name? Lord Beesbury. Lord Beesbury. Yeah. He's the the, so 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 finally, like we didn't know that those little balls were Chekhov's gun, but they they absolutely like became that in this episode. It's sort of like here we're gonna see these little balls for the whole thing, and then I'm gonna smash my head your head into those balls, and you're gonna die. Like that. That's that's. That's what happens in this, um, and 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 the whole discussion of Lord Commander like taking off his white cloak and he he wa- like they want him to go assassinate Rhaenyra. He doesn't want to do it. It's like where there's no king here. Like really really interesting. Like you start to see like everything's been setting up and then it shifts apart. And like freaking Kristen Cole, man, what has happened to him? He is he is gone. He's gone bonkers, bro. Like he's just uh, yeah, he's, he's fully kind of embr- he Alicent, he loves her. He clearly sees her as this paragon of virtue and he wants to support her and he feels wronged by Rhaenyra. His he's brokenhearted still to this day, it seems like. Rhaenyra broke his heart and rejected him. And you know, he's still bitter about it. And he has decided he's going to completely support Alicent in what she wants, anything she wants to do. 
um, you know, his sworn be her sworn shield. Uh, yeah, and he's. I don't think he intended to murder Lord Beesbury, but he definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yet another murder that he commits where he doesn't have any ramifications. Yes. There's no, he doesn't face any consequences. Uh, he's because he's when you have an attack dog, who, right. you know, if the, if the attack dog sometimes you know bites the wrong person, so what? He's still my attack dog, and he's still totally loyal to me. I, I, I mean, uh, you know, this show, the show loves to like tease at things and then never show it. But I really wanted to see Kristen Cole and the Lord Commander like have a little sword fight, see who would win. We may still, dude. We, 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 still, we, we may still, know. we may still. But like, uh, you know, I, I, like we, we haven't seen that guy do shit, even though he's the Lord Commander. So he's got to be a bad motherfucker. You know, it's like. There's this there's this chatter going on on Twitter. Um, the the actor who plays the Lord Commander Harold Westerling. Yeah. He's like he's been he's a star. Like he was a lead. You know he plays big roles in Outlander. Outlander. He's been yeah. in a bunch of shit. He is a solid actor. You never just he's not a background player. Mm-hmm. He would have signed on to this show to have a big role. And Harold Westerling will absolutely play him if they could you know stay truer to the text. He will absolutely have a big role going forward. So yeah, no, 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 no spoilers, no spoilers. But sort of like I, I'm curious to how much what we're gonna see next episode. Are there? Are we gonna full on see dragon fights? You know, dra- like like is it gonna start? Are we gonna start going at it? Like what's what's the next? What's the next yeah. thing? Start piling up, dude. The bodies start piling up. Oh, seriously. Seriously, uh, I had something else to say too, and I forgot it. Oh, oh, did you like? I didn't know this, and I had to watch a uh, a thing on YouTube that talked about like the details. Uh, Screen Crush, by the way, it's, watch it. Um, that they give they give him Aegon the Conqueror's crown. Yeah. Um, and he holds up Blackfire, which was Aegon's sword, and it there they didn't give him they didn't give him Viserys's crown. Which I think is fascinating, um, and and they're really trying to lean into like, this is this is Aegon reborn. Don't don't screw around because because you're gonna get you're gonna get smoked if you challenge challenge this this little bit of. And, but you know, obviously some shit's gonna go down. So we'll see what what the people think of this. But sort of like this is like. This was like their first flex, you know, sort of like here's Aegon's crown. He's got he's got Aegon's sword, so let's go. Um, it's all narrative. It's all yeah. narrative to yep. prop up his uh, right. legitimacy. Yeah, That's exactly, it. exactly. That leads us directly. I mean, they have this moment in the dragon pit. They herd people from King's Landing into the dragon pit to witness, you know, him being crowned. Rainus was attempting to flee the Red Key, but she gets caught up in this. And murders so like 200 people pit. in the process. Yeah, so they're in the dragon pit. <laughs> Aegon gets crowned. He's being adored by the crowd, as you know, as small folk tend to do when they are shown the king. Like, this is your king, and he's holding up a sword, and he's wearing a crown. If you're some peasant who, you know, all you do during the day is you, you're a weaver, and you weave you know, you weave cotton and you're penniless and you, you know, when you look up on stage and you see a king, 
you know, that's something to believe in. That's like power, you know, you're going to adore that person. And Rainus gets away. She's in the dragon pit and she bursts through the floor of the dragon pit on her dragon Malis. Malis. Malis, yeah. I love the design of Malis. We've talked all se- all season about Yeah, they're all a little different, right? All the dragon designs are so cool. I love the Malis design and how that dragon looks. And it's that dra- I mean, that dragon's fucking scary looking. Yeah. Like, that is a scary looking dragon. And Rainus is on Malis's back ready and she is in a position where she can just smoke the mm-hmm. entire you know all of the greens at once and i'm curious what you guys think of why she doesn't christopher do you have have you, have you thought about that as to why she doesn't just kill everyone in that moment yep. i uh i have thought about it and i think the only thing that holds her back is some hope that um her family and its hold on power um, want, uh, they'll they'll manage to figure it out mm-hmm. like like um, reason and um, better angels will prevail that's the only thing because that because the alternative is if she kills everybody um, in that moment it's all like it, it all blows up. Yeah. It all blows up. So yeah. um, I think that's her calculus in that moment is like, okay, there's got to be a way for us to resolve this that preserves her family. Well, and, and, and just a simpler answer for me is I don't think she's a mass murderer. She's not a person that wants to murder 20 people to solve the problem like you know it's like that tar- she like there are targaryens who aren't insane you know it's not that's murder, but it wouldn't yeah. be murder dude it's it's not murder it's defending the realm yeah i guess so i guess so but like it's still like yeah. you're you're enabling like the killing yes, of, of like your 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 nephews you know um yeah. and your niece and and you know, twenty other twenty other people that don't give a shit after she kills two hundred civilians. So oh, yeah, I mean that, that undermines your point, dude. Because she she launches the dragon up through the floor and kills a bunch of yes um, peasants, of Pl- Pl- plebs. <laughs> you know, the peasants, plebs. Peasants, my, peasants' lives don't matter. Yeah. The only, <laughs> thing, that, the only thing that causes her to pause is uh, family. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're maybe you're more right than me. I I mean, I guess sort of I guess sort of like bursting out to escape and the people getting killed in 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 the like in that is is less serious than hey I'm looking right at you say the word you're dead now I I actually did that but anyways I see I see what you're saying Christopher no I, I see what you're saying too and I think that I agree I think in both ways there's validity to both those ideas uh and there's also the reality that she understands she may you know she understands the power that she wields like she 
I mean, her dragon's a weapon of mass destruction. Maybe she only wants to kill Alicent in that moment. Maybe mm-hmm, she only mm-hmm. wants to kill Akon and Otto. Yeah, same, I mean... Same, I... But in the same breath, she would have yeah. to kill Amon. She would have to kill Helena. She would have to, you know, kill these other members of her family who... The you know, the, the knight, the king's guard? That's the thing. Yeah. She knows who's behind it. She she was All she wants to do is kill Otto. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's honestly what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, he's not family. Yeah. And if it was just him standing there, that dude is smoked instantly. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> yeah. but it's not. Yeah. And yeah. so she she has to do that calculus because it's yeah. she she's smarter than most everyone in the room and she understands that Otto's pulling the strings. Yeah. Well what, and then what and, a queen she would have been. She would have been quite the ruler well and then i i you know to make your point about like there's these little moments these little moments that are uh really interesting of like damon picking up the crown and handing it is like allison steps in front of of aegon to protect her her child from the fire and the dragon like like maybe she just wants to kill aegon and it's sorted out and she and allison protects her kid so it's sort of like she has good in her um you know and we i i feel like the past couple episodes they're definitely lean more into the high towers part of this thing so i'm guessing we're gonna get a lot more uh series and damon in the in the last episode but we'll see like i don't know maybe things are actually going to come to a head and uh, I mean, they're definitely renewing this for season two, right? But, like, we're going to have to wait, like, two years to find out what the fuck happens. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you got, if I If from the preview, if they're building to what, to what I think is going to happen, it's going to just, bri- I mean, it's going to break people's brains and break their hearts in terms of what happens and how everything moves forward from this. T- terrible cataclysmic moment it's uh yeah well, it's, gonna be, it's gonna really set it off we didn't talk about and and this is sort of like the 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 f plot but like the whole white worm thing the 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 woman who used to be damon's uh uh consort um is now become like this manipulator this basically basically little finger um uh, she's a power broker in flea bottom like she's power broker all over the city yes so in she plays yeah but she but she, you don't see her die so i'm assuming but you see her building go up in flames um so like she's she's a she's a player too you know but like is she still a lot or assuming you know if you don't see him die you're not they're not dead so she's still around um yeah and and like technically like we haven't seen Corliss die so is that guy still alive too like we might see him in the next one um right. i mean so, they'll be back on dragonstone yeah episode 10 will be on dragonstone again so yeah do you guys have any other um things to say about eight and nine Mo- no Mo- two of the best episodes of of game of thrones really good really I, good i particularly the pace and the, the sort of that that episode nine um 
or is it eight where it's lots of sort of oh my god the king's dead um Mm-hmm. Is that the beginning of nine? Um, the anyway, beginning that, of nine is like that is, that is so atmospheric, and I just yeah. love it. All oh, the the early morning, you know, in yeah. in in uh, yeah. it, the Red Keep, where it's like there's like only torches, and there's that one person who's walking to go tell the queen that that the yeah, king yeah. is dead. That was really cool, really really interesting really. film. Good choices. Yeah. Good choice. Um, nice building of tension. All right. Uh, Andrew's going to do some... And real sorrow. It sets the tone yes. for that uh, oh, episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. Allison's sorrow, and, and she's tortured by the implications of what she believes she heard and why people react in the way that they ultimately do do react with skepticism on the one hand but also people taking advantage of it all of that is wrapped up in that sort of early morning sort yeah. of stuff and it's really really well done mm-hmm. yeah it is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Completely uh all right uh andrew's gonna do a bunch of trivia at the end uh, probably next episode because this will be our last episode of uh house of the dragon uh, there will be 10 questions going over the whole season Oh my god. So if you'd like to help him with his trivia, you should email him at kingofthenorth52 at gmail.com. Email the podcast, brothersgeekpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, brothers underscore geek at twitter.com. Brothersgeek Schmaltz on YouTube. Come see our faces. Brothersgeek do stuff on Instagram. We have all the things. Uh, Well, thanks thanks for listening slash watching. Uh, We'll see you next time. Fire and blood.